Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. I think this topic today, Nicole, is going to resonate with a lot of people. A lot of meals all day, because I like to eat all day. Dude, I'm totally... <laughs> like just, I'm totally a snacker. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to eat just like one or you know, two or three big meals a day is typical human diet. So today we're going to kind of tackle this with the horse, you know, about feeding your horse as often as possible and why it's important. You know, this is a, a basic tenant of equine nutrition 101, I think. And one that unfortunately I think gets broken a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, what would you say? The, the the typical horse owner, I mean, twice a day, that's pretty typical, right? I mean, still trying to push three times a day, but twice a day for most people because they work. Yeah, absolutely. My horses get fed twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and, we you're, can... and you're the nutritionist. What are you doing? No, but I know, but look, I'm here all day. I know. No, yeah. and, and we can talk a little bit more about how mm-hmm. you might manage two meals and times that you need more meals and all of that. But yeah, typically horses get fed twice a day because mm-hmm. that's what fits in our human schedule. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it just has to be that way sometimes. And we'll talk about some different strategies at the end if you are doing that. But you definitely say one time a day is like just a big no-no. Well, let's... I think we need to situation right broaden our discussion a little bit, and you can actually separate feeding into two categories: Mm -hmm. feeding pasture and feeding concentrate. And I'm going to call concentrate anything that comes in a bag. So Mm -hmm. that could be a complete feed, like calm and easy. It could be a ration balance or like essential K. People don't love to hear this, but a lot of times the way we feed alfalfa pellets actually fits into concentrate feeding even though mm-hmm. it's a forage. So I right. think we need to separate those into two pieces because off the top of my head, I can think of a perfectly valid example that you would feed a horse once a day. Yeah, it's there's out. some specialties, yeah. It's out on full-time pasture and it gets one pound of ration balancer. You know what? I think it'd right. be fine if we fed that horse yeah. once a day, but that's not okay. realistically how most horses are managed or fed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to dive into this and definitely, you know, bringing up some issues for it, but I think it's always good to start, you know, why do we want to feed horses small meals throughout the day? Like if, if, if we had all the time in the world, say retired because my retirement, you know, I'm going to have my horses out on pasture. I'll have plenty of time to spend with them and ride and train and all those things. So I'll have time to, to feed them as, as often as I can. Why are horses built this way? Why do, why are we saying you should probably feed them as more often than say twice a day? Because that's what fits their digestive physiology. So horses evolve to be grazing animals and, you know, wild horses graze something like 18 hours a day. So they're just mm-hmm. constantly eating small meals. They'll eat for a little bit. They'll rest, they'll wander, they'll interact with each other. They'll go back to eating, which is very different than our two meals per day type feeding. So because they evolve to be grazing animals, there are some very specific things about their digestive physiology that support that type of meal structure. So I know ulcers are a super hot topic, so this is probably not a surprise to anyone, but because horses 
eat constantly, they secrete acid constantly in their stomach. You and I are meal eaters. So when you start mm-hmm, thinking mm-hmm. about your snack, your body's like, oh, I'm about to eat. It starts producing right. acid in your stomach. Until you started thinking about food, your stomach wasn't producing acid. It wasn't gearing up for the digestive process. Whereas the horse is constantly secreting acid in their stomach. And their stomach's really tiny. It's only mm-hmm. like three gallons for the average size horse. So think about that, like three gallon Ziploc baggies. That is the size right. of your horse's stomach relative to how big they are. Yeah, yeah. So they're really meant to eat these little meals. Um, and, you know, because of that, food doesn't stay in the stomach very long. Most of a meal is out of the horse's stomach in like 15 to 20 minutes. Now, granted, to get it completely empty takes longer, as anyone who's ever had to have a horse scope for ulcers knows. But most of that digesta is passing through the stomach really quickly because the horse anticipates there's going to be more to replace it right away. Oh, it's, you know, one of the studies I did behavior studies is I was looking at uh, the Somali wild ass, which is a critically endangered equid, uh, grevy zebras, endangered equid and horses. And we were looking at different behaviors on a natural setting in, in large, large pastures. And I, t- I, I would tell my students, it's the most boring thing to, and, and people would disagree with me because equine behavior is fascinating, but to do a behavior study like that, to look at time budgets in the day, it is so boring. Because all they do is eat. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you get some little bit of social interaction, but it's just they eat all day. And that's what they're designed to do. So so when you look at, like you said, the stomach, it's very, very quickly. One of the things we talk about is like rate of passage. So rate of passage of feeds, how would that differ, say, from hay versus concentrate? So in addition to there being some differences in the stomach physiology of the horse, the other one we should probably bring up as well is the horse has no gallbladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a long time, they thought the horse really couldn't digest a high-fat diet because it doesn't have a gallbladder and it doesn't eat a high-fat diet in nature. But interestingly, similar to the stomach, the horse just secretes bile continuously. So Mm -hmm. you or I, our gallbladder stores that bile until we have a meal and it needs it. The horse secretes bile consistently, again, supporting that we're designed to eat forage all the time physiology. Passage rate is a complicated and fascinating Mm -hmm. um, subsection of science. If you go into the literature, it actually varies quite a bit, but just kind of big picture, you know, your concentrates move through the entire digestive system more quickly. So they might be from beginning to end as little as 36 hours transit time in the digestive tract, whereas your forages can be up to 72 hours. And a lot of that time is actually spent in the large intestine. So during that fiber fermentation, feed moves through the stomach pretty quickly. It actually moves through the small intestine pretty quickly. And then there are some major differences when you get into the large intestine, how it's handled. But this passage rate concept is really important when we think about meal feeding because there are some studies that have shown an increase in grain meal size increases passage rate through the small intestine, which is already pretty quick. So that's part of where that maximum meal size comes from. And there's really two different reasons for that. One, if I'm putting all the good stuff in my concentrate, those nutrients that just aren't found in my forage 
I want to make sure they're actually digested and absorbed in the small intestine, which is where the transporters for most of those nutrients reside. There's a few in the large intestine, but not very many. So you have this competition between passage rate and digestibility. So if it isn't broken down and absorbed in the small intestine, it keeps moving. It doesn't say, oh, stop. I got to absorb my zinc here. Nope. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm, keeps mm -hmm. on going down that highway and it ends up in the hindgut where it's not going to be absorbed. Beyond that, there are some nutrients. So for example, sugar and starch, we really don't want those to get to the hindgut of the horse because they're they're bad. (laughs) They're bad for those microbes that live in the hindgut of the horse. On a lower level, like there's some getting back there, we can have some subclinical acidosis so that the hindgut's just not as healthy as it could be. It doesn't break down fiber as good as it should. Maybe the horse is a little uncomfortable. On a massive level, you can have issues like colic and diarrhea if you have big slugs of those high sugar starch ingredients getting to the hindgut of the horse. You really need those to be digested and absorbed in the small intestine of the horse. And like we talked about in our winter article, I touched on this. That's not the only thing we don't want to get to the hindgut of the horse. Fat is another one. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. fat is all absorbed in the small intestine of the horse. And the horse actually does a better job than you would expect digesting and absorbing fat, considering it doesn't have a gallbladder. It'll Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. adapt to higher fat diets to a certain extent. But the majority of fat that we add to a horse's diet is polyunsaturated fat. Those fats kill fiber digesting bacteria if they get to the hindgut of the horse. Yeah, not good, not good, not good. So I've definitely had examples of horses that were thin and they start telling me the diet. Well, it's getting this high fat grain, okay? And then I added rice bran because he wasn't gaining weight. And you know what? That wasn't working. So I added some oil on top of that. So they're Mm -hmm. adding all of these calories and they're going, he's not gaining weight. In fact, he might've even lost a little. That's because if that fat gets to the hindgut of the horse, it makes it unhealthy, which means the horse can't properly digest the number one component of its diet, which is forage. So when I'm thinking about just feeding a horse in general, my goal is to help the horse digest and utilize all of its diet the best way it possibly can to support health, to maintain body weight, to support performance. So if we're adding things in a concentrate meal that decrease how well the horse digests its hay... We're shooting ourselves in the foot. So that was like a long discussion. Of no, but it's rate, fascinating. Yeah. Which basically gets back to if you're meal feeding and your meals get too big or too concentrated in certain nutrients, the horse doesn't utilize those nutrients in the portion of the digestive tract because it's constantly moving through it. And then if it gets mm-hmm. to the hindgut, worst case scenario, it you know makes the hindgut less healthy. Best case scenario, it goes out the back of the horse with manure, and you've still lost, you know, considerable amounts of inputs that way, at least in terms of economics. So this, you know, competition between passage rate and digestibility does make a big impact when you have meal feeding in what is otherwise mm-hmm. a grazing animal. Right, right. I mean, it, it is because you're you. you you explained it beautifully and, you know, looking at feeding one or two large meals a day, you explained why that is not ideal for the horse, like how their physiology is set up. 
And we did open up with, you know, why owners are, are kind of stuck with a, a two-time-a-day schedule. Hopefully three-time-a-day, which is becoming a little bit more common, I think. Uh, you know, I've seen that increase in, in frequency lately. Yeah, so I've definitely seen situations, especially where it's really needed. On the racetrack, for example, like we're constantly encouraging trainers, let's not just feed twice a day because those horses, for their energy demands, need a lot of concentrate. So I'm seeing more trainers that are willing to feed three times a day, even four times a day, which is so much better for those horses' digestive health. And even for some of us like myself, I can't feed more than twice a day if I'm looking at set interval meals. That doesn't mean that in a select case, I couldn't go back out later at night and feed a late night snack. So that is an Mm -hmm. opportunity that is there. But I do see people who are more in the two times per day feeding, whether it's because that's what their job requires, because that's what the labor at their boarding barn is able to do. Let's be realistic. It's hard to find good people to work with horses in the first place. So sometimes it's simply a management issue that we just don't Mm -hmm. have the labor to feed more times a day. But I do see people getting a little bit more creative in how they feed those two meals per day. So if we're talking about concentrates, Average size horse, obviously, scale down if it's a pony, up if it's a draft. But for your average size horse, that kind of threshold that we like to keep our meals under is five pounds per meal. And by the way, your hay pellets can contribute to this as well. Those are not like bonus extra pellets just Mm -hmm, because they're mm -hmm, forage. mm -hmm. They contribute to that load on the stomach at a given time. So if you can keep it five pounds or less, two meals is fine from a concentrate perspective. Let's say you double check and you're going, oh, I'm feeding more than five pounds per meal. One option is to find a more calorie dense feed so we can feed them more energy, more nutrients in a smaller package. If we're maxed out from that perspective, then you do have to look at the third or fourth meal option, depending on how much you're feeding, especially when it comes to our seniors where they're not eating forage anymore and we're feeding them 20 pounds per day of a senior feed. You can't do that in just two meals. So I have I have people who've done things like buy automatic feeders. So at select times that are pre-programmed, it drops a certain amount of grain. That's, of course, a capital investment, but that's a way that you can feed your horse more frequently. They do have to be stalled so that you don't have other horses stealing their grain. Um, I even have some select seniors that very carefully, I don't recommend you just go do this, but we have some seniors that we free feed senior feed. It takes some training and a lot of vigilance when we start, but that is an option if we get to it. Once they have no teeth, they're only eating senior feed. We have had some horses that we're able to do that with. I think for most people, it's not the concentrate portion that's an issue. It's the hay that's an issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, you get X number of flakes and you feed it twice a day. And if your horse eats that feed in two hours, their hay is gone. Yeah, yeah. That means they're spending 10 hours with no forage in front of them. Stomach constantly secreting acid. That's the, yeah, that's the, that's the hard one. That's the hard one, right? So, you know, I'd say that's honestly where I see a bigger issue in the meal feeding typically. Mm-hmm. So some people do feed hay more times per day. I have some barns that feed lunch and when they do night checks, so they're feeding four meals of hay each day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, myself, I use slow feed nets. So Mm -hmm. if I have a horse at home that I can't do free choice hay, so they're an easier keeper, 
what I'm going to look at doing is using a slow feed net or some sort of slow feeder so that that amount of hay that they get takes longer for them to consume. So they're not spending as much time without hay. So with horses with ulcer type issues that are thin, a lot of times I do want to know how many pounds of hay they're getting per day. But I also ask their owners, how many hours per day are they spending without forage in front of them? Because ideally, they'd all live out on a pasture full time, right? Mm -hmm. And be able to Mm -hmm. graze to their heart's delight. Well, it's the middle of winter. There's no pasture in a lot of places. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's the reality of horse keeping. There Mm -hmm. are going to be times that they can't be out on pasture. So we need to get a little bit creative sometimes in extending the length of time that their hay lasts. So that allows me to feed two times per day. I will say, like, if we have bad weather and I bring the horses in early, for my easy keepers, I'm going to go ahead and feed three times because if I gave them their allocated hay at three in the afternoon instead of seven at night, they're going to spend a long time without hay in front of them. Right. I mean, it's, 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 you got to look at the 24 hour clock and you've got to look at like, I think one of the big take home messages is looking at the amount of time there's not food in front of them or hay in front of them that is being able to be put into the digestive tract to keep that system running properly. You know, it's fasting. Really, the fasting hours are, are the danger because one of the questions I want to ask as we kind of tie this up is what are some of the problems? You, you briefly mentioned it, you know, with, with colic. I was thinking that starch hitting the hindgut. One of the first things I always think of is laminitis, you know, dealing with laminitic horses and that sugar overload in the hindgut and the, the bacteria go crazy. It's a party in the gut. It's like, yes, woo you know, the wrong is. bacteria are growing. Yeah. And, and I would say... Those type of laminitises are relatively rare. That's more like the mm-hmm. horse broken to the grain room type laminitic Right. Episode. Too much grain. Yeah, too much um, grain. But that, that doesn't mean it couldn't happen in a regular feeding system that you're feeding a lot. I'd say more typically I see the colic and just general hindgut issues with those large meals. Uh, then of course, when we're talking about the forage component of things, it's just ulcers. Their risk goes up so much higher when they spend any duration of time without forage in front of them. And that's, that's a challenging thing to manage when you have a horse who's both ulcer prone and an easy keeper, um, because ideally you put hay in front of them all the time, but of course there are risks associated with obesity. So it takes some creativity to balance all of those things for a given horse, So like I kind of think we said last time, like horses keep things interesting because there is no single system that's going to work. Um, You know, what I do at home may not work for the big boarding barn, but the big boarding barn isn't going to work for me because I don't have someone there for the number of hours. In fact, instead, what I'll do is I'll pull up my little cameras and check on my horses remotely. But, you know, we just have to be flexible and figure out how we can design a feeding program that best fits the digestive physiology of the horse and kind of recognizing let's keep grain meal sizes small. More times per day is better, especially when we have horses who need a lot of concentrate. And then let's minimize the number of hours per day they spend without some sort of forage in front of them, whether that's turnout on pasture or hay. Yeah, it's it's great. It's such a fun discussion. And it's just one that I think is constantly evolving as more research comes out too with, with some of the hay nets and things that are available out there. But 
If you have any questions about your horse, we always link it on our show notes. You can reach out to us and we will answer any questions you have about your individual situation. As we do these episodes, we're learning every horse is different. You know, every diet is different. They're very unique and we're here to help. So, so please feel free to do that. And then we just ask if you're really enjoying these episodes, please share it with your equine enthusiast friends. It's going to help us grow, get the word out. You know, it's always fun to, 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 to talk education and then send us some questions, you know, on Facebook or, or elsewhere if you have any questions on there. And then if you could just drop us a, a five-star review on iTunes, that will help us out so much so we can get greater circulation and really start getting this information out there to the masses. But thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with a new topic. Thanks, Chris.